0: garner and you're listening to the solo Norbert podcast today i'll be speaking with the author, the sorry writer and creator of the comic awakening ari gross here to promote the comics kickstarter welcome ari hey
1: everyone hey there thanks for having me on
0: well thank you for joining us today thanks for reaching out but um outside my introduction who is ari gross in his own words
1: who is ari gross uh ari gross is i guess based on behind me a comic junkie uh in First and foremost, uh, but also I'm I'm a writer out of uh, Toronto. I've uh, I've I have a day job. I've started writing uh, about a couple years ago, and I've just gotten deep into comic writing, something I've wanted to do for a real long time. And uh, just shortly after the pandemic, I ran out of excuses to start writing. You know, the story that just sits in your head and drives you crazy until you get it out. Uh, and so that's kind of what I do. I almost it's funny because I think of myself as having a lot of agency as a writer like trying to craft things but a lot of the time it's just sort of it comes to you and your your job is to like make it the best of what it's going to be but it, there's already a kernel or a grain of something it's very weird it's almost like channeling something rather than like creating it's a weird sort of experience but i i've heard a lot of writers speak about it in similar ways yeah. <laughs> maybe that's getting too deep right off the bat but uh. <laughs> no,
0: no 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 i completely understand being a a, a writer author myself um i feel like you, it's almost like you have an obligation to kind of get it out and write it down and give it out to people and let them read it and consume it. And um with with a lot of my characters, I feel like they tell me what they want to happen in the scene, like even down to what how like they look, their hairstyle, the where the clothes look and whatnot. And I feel like that sets the scene, even if I don't know where it's going in a way. They like kind of <clears throat> lead me to where it's gonna go in a way. So yeah, that's why once you get my writing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When if you have a strong idea of what the characters are, like they'll almost write themselves. If you put them in the situation, or like this is the oppositional conservative one, or whatever, and this is the like trying to keep it nice together, appease everybody. Like if you know that, then and you know what they're talking about, and what you you know kind of vaguely what the scene is about, like it'll it'll flow. Uh, and then you'll have to like edit it four billion times because I'm one of those guys who edits things four billion times. But you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I edit. I'll kind of like stop halfway through and then leave it alone for a long time and then I'll come back to it but then I don't start where I left all of that I start back over again and mm, then right like like back
1: and then yeah that's that's a good strategy I I just got some stuff back from uh from my editor which is not related to Awakening and a lot of it was like this writing sounds like like a 90s sitcom like basically do better you know and I was like, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Uh, but you know, in order to do that, I have to ask myself, okay, so why are they sounding like this? It's like, okay, because the guy's sounding real sarcastic all the time. Uh, but maybe that's not who he is. You know, maybe he's he's in a you know maybe if you sort of rethink about how you know reconfigure sort of uh, his his outlook or you know maybe he is being sarcastic, but it doesn't have to be responded to in the same sort of snappy dialogue kind of way if you know, because the person he's talking to isn't sarcastic or whatever it is, you know anyway it's uh (laughs) i've been thinking a lot about wordsmithing recently just because just getting something back and like that's where my head's been at uh for the past day or so in addition to the kickstarter campaign which is where like most of my head's at kind of all the time uh or at least since the last week and all the time leading up to that in the last month or two
0: Uh uh-huh so back to back to awakening um so what is awakening actually about
1: Right, so awakening is a sci-fi story. It's a it's a self-contained one shot. It's it's not the beginning of a series. Never say never, but you know, I didn't write it as if it's an ongoing story. I read it with uh, you know beginning, middle, and an end. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, it's it's about. Uh, it, I mean, it's very Star Trekky. It's based on. Uh, it's like it takes this inspiration heavily from Star Trek. That if you start reading it, flipping through. You can see if you're at all familiar with Star Trek, you sort of know who these people kind of are. Not necessarily the characters, but the relation to the ship. Like this person's the security officer, that person's the captain, this person's the navigator or whatever. Uh, and it starts off with this uh, the starship exploring an unexplored galaxy. It's at, it's at the edge of it. It's trying to figure out the celestial anomaly, the strange multicolored ball. Uh, and uh, Lieutenant Lau, the, the main uh, character that will follow through, He's, uh, he's affected by this somehow, or maybe not by the anomaly, but he's affected somehow. Uh, and he starts seeing things that no one else can really see. He starts making claims that everyone else kind of thinks he's nuts about. And uh, he gets taken off to the med bay. There's a debate where should he go to the med bay? Should he go to the brig? Is this a security thing? Is this a medical thing? Uh, and, and then it sort of goes deeper into what is the nature of his affection is it something that is real is it not real uh how does it int- affect the rest of the crew or not affect them uh and i don't want to give too much away cuz i i do think it's pretty fun it's it's a little twisty uh i i really enjoy doing uh doing the ending of it uh but yeah it's i want to structure it almost like a classic star trek episode where people are looking at a thing someone's acting weird and like what is that all
0: about mhm So you said earlier about how you started um, working on your comics pretty much a little bit after uh, lockdown, or I should say 2020, uh, because it's pretty much that's all you could do at the time. So could you elaborate on your creative process for Awakening pretty much as a whole? So say like you had this idea in your head, you finally had the time to uh, expand on it, right? And then now working on it is complete work because, you know, you're not planning on expanding it, but you never know what happens in the future. To now promoting it on Kickstarter.
1: Sure. Uh, actually, very early on, I'll, I'll just walk walk you through my sort of comic history because it's not super long, given it's only about two years and and change or so.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, although coming up on three, so that's I'm feeling good about that. Uh, w- basically, for the first year, there's a different story that I had in my head, which um, I'm is becoming an ongoing series, and I'm getting the art back for issue number one right now. And I'm really excited about that. That's called Wardens. It deals with uh, uh a supernatural crime story in toronto in the 1920s in an immigrant community it's called the ward that's saint john's ward uh and anyway i had the story in my head and it was like very very clear the characters were like super super clear and i was like i gotta write this i gotta write this uh, like this is like it's, it was living in my head for like two years before that and i was like finally i'm out of excuses i gotta write it down so i did that for about a year i just wrote for a year didn't learn anything about uh really proper comic writing just sort of like learned a little bit about how to you know how many pages or how many panels should there be in a page like how many words for panel like super super basic stuff and just started writing i was like i just got to get this out of my head so a year later i finished it i was like i have a story it's basically 12 issues maxi series and i was going around people be like great what do i do now how do i turn this into a story and everyone said the same thing they're like you want to turn like 264 pages into like a comic like right away like don't just don't like pick pick four pages of a story like make a five six page story do a one page story which is of course excellent advice before you do the big thing that you care a lot about do a few small things so you know you understand how the thing works like just learn how to make comics because it's not the same as writing prose it's not the same as screenwriting not that i really know how to do either of those things it's its own special thing you know uh so i did a lot of shorts i did about eight shorts and uh with the hope of doing a, a single issue and uh and then doing sort of an ongoing continuous series because i didn't want my first single issue to be like issue one of the thing that like you know i like like it's my dream project make or break like i wanted to like learn the mechanics understand how to make a thing you know like and i don't mean to say this a diminishing awakening it's just it's a separate story and a self-contained which is why it works well as a one-shot rather than an ongoing you know uh so, so what was i saying oh yeah so i the story awakening just kind of came to me pretty, pretty clearly, like, I, I can't say when or something, but maybe a, about a year and a half ago, the the basic idea, the basic structure of it came to me. I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, so now I had to sit down, flesh out the characters. Uh, the, one of the hardest part was finding an artist, because you want an artist that is like, can sort of match your vision. And also this time, I was like, want someone that can, you know, like as always, you want someone that goes like you know, match your vision, match your budget, uh, match the style that you're looking for, and be a good person to work with. And I found someone who was all those things. Uh, his name's Greg Warrenchuk. He's out of Ottawa, uh, also in Canada, and he's just like the friendliest guy in the world and the nicest guy, which is great because I'm a super picky writer. When I get art back, I'm just like, man, maybe you can. Like, then if there's something's like slightly inconsistent, I'm always like, mm. uh, but he's 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 real great to work with, and so. Uh, yeah i mean pretty much after that it's like you know you have your writer or so you have your artist uh, you start doing pages and then you know the rest sort of falls into place you get a colorist you get a letterer uh i'm just starting to learn how to do my own letters now so maybe uh, in the future i'll be lettering my own stuff but if nothing else i'll like understand the process uh so if i you know like just know how it works right you know that's always good to know uh and yeah i think the hardest part about awakening was transitioning it from a Comic, which I felt kind of confident at that point because I made some shorts. I'm like, I can make a story, I can make a comic, I can make sequential art, beginning to end, here we go, you know, to turn that into a Kickstarter campaign. Because that that's the new thing for me here. This is my first Kickstarter campaign. Uh I had been part of other Kickstarter campaigns, uh, three successfully funded anthologies. Uh the first one is here, it's Tales from the Cloakroom. Uh that's has a, a six-page story I had in it. Now that came out of Scott Snyder's. Uh excuse me, Scott Snyder's comic class, which actually I should I should mention that. So early on as a whim, I signed up or about a year and a half ago. I signed up for this class that Scott Snyder put out. Scott Snyder, of course, is like Batman fame, amongst many other things. And he's doing a lot of indie stuff right now, like for image or comicsology, and uh, it's all really good. Uh he put out this uh this class and a bunch of us just joined right away. Uh, I think it was like a thousand people or something, like off the bat. One of those, like, you know, person says, I'll do a thing, and then everyone's interested. But a small subset of us were like, hey, maybe we should make an anthology. Like, maybe we should just do a comic while we're taking the class, you know, Uh, which was great. And we had four people decide to become editors and a bunch of us, there's a, I can't remember how many stories there are in there. I think there's like about 20, not quite 20. Uh, It's probably going to turn out there's like 12 or something that I totally forgot and miscounted, but (laughs) between 10 and 20, I'll put it that way. Uh, and so I have a six-page story in there, which I'm actually re-including in uh, this for Awakening, because it goes very well with the first story, and you'll sort of see that as you go through. Uh, so understanding, so I all this to say is I sort of had been part of the Kickstarter experience, I've been part of the crowdfunding uh, experience, but I wanted to try to do it myself and see, you know, what it actually means to, like, launch campaign from beginning to end. And also see if, like, you know, if it works, is this the kind of thing you want to do again, or you can do again? Or is this just, like, too much of a terrible mental headache and no one should ever do it again? And maybe you just want to, like, try real hard to, like, get uh, someone to pick up, you know, uh, the ongoing series. So I guess we'll find out when this is done, (laughs) you know, if it's something I would consider. It's definitely a lot of work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it kind of sounds like to me, like, when you first started, you wrote this huge thing that you wanted to, like, over 200 pages that you wanted to turn into a comic. And then you asked for other people's advice, and it was like, no – do like, you know, a couple of pages, a one-page type of thing, and then you went on and did a bunch of sh- shorts, and then, you know, anthologies and whatnot, um, took some classes, um, and then you do Awakening, and you, um, you're now doing, it was, it was the Wardens, right, is the one that's you turning into a yeah. series, right, so it's kind of like, I guess you learned as you went along, and, how hard was it actually, like, starting, in a way, because I know you said you've been putting off for a long time, and I'm asking that because a lot of people have these ideas, and there's these huge ideas that they have, and they have, like, multiple chapters, multiple series, and whatnot, but then a lot of them are afraid to start because they're afraid of failing, or it's not good enough, and, you know, you wrote this huge thing, and all people were like, no, pretty much right off the bat, so, like, How afraid of you were, how afraid were you of starting and how did it feel to receive that feedback, the critique from people when you initially shared your, pretty much your first work?
1: Yeah, uh, starting, I always find starting stuff kind of easy because I just sort of like jump in there and don't really worry if it's good, I guess. Uh, I mean, just try to like, I had a very strong idea for wardens, like what the main, you know, say first, the main six characters were going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know who these people are, I know what they're driven by, I know their motivations, like, once I had that, and then it's a question of plot, you know, where do you set up, and I wrote a bunch of pages in the beginning that I've later, like, you know, since torn out, like, you know, they're walking through the town and doing stuff, and I'm like, boring, 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 nobody cares, like, move on, you know, like, just kind of, like, you know, you can character, Well, I heard the other day someone was saying, uh, I think it was Shelley Bond, I'm taking her class on comic editing, she's a, was an editor for Vertigo for many years, Uh and still is a comic actor, just not for vertigo because vertigo doesn't exist. Uh, and she was saying uh, was action is character, which I thought was a a real uh, great line. Is that you know instead of having just two people talking, show them doing something which expresses you know who they are rather than just saying it's the classic like you know show don't tell, right? You yeah. know if someone's like oh I'm a big tough guy. You better show them being a big tough guy. Other otherwise like you know we don't actually know they're a big tough guy. You know. Uh, but yeah, starting I found pretty. Uh, I always found it easy to start but I do find it hard to move on from a page if it's not perfect I'm one of those one of those people who's I think Kerb Vonnegut once described all writers as grinders or flyers flyers are people he said that can just just write like garbage but you're done and then you go back and you edit it a thousand times Mm -hmm. where grinders are people who like they want to make sure it's really good before you move on and that's my instincts but I have to keep like punching that instinct in the face because that is not the way to get anything done if you want to like tell a bigger a bigger story at least it's it's very hard to like you know to like you really just gotta like I, I, you know if you have an outline or something like that and then you can go down into the pages like you have to have a the, the broad story before you have uh, the, the micro and once you start fiddling because you can get so so in-depth fiddling with like someone's trying to make a joke so you're like spending it you know, forever crafting this joke, and then it's a great joke, but then you cut the whole scene because you know it just doesn't fit because you realize four pages later, like, yeah, why do I even have this thing here? you know, so like you don't want to spend your time uh writing stuff that you will eventually get cut so it's a lot, a lot of it was like understanding how to write long form creatively, which is something that's fairly new to me. I've done a lot of academic writing, I have a sort of an academic background of so like I'm you know, I can write like a 300 page like dissertation on like super obscure stuff that nobody cares about, but like writing characters that people want to hang out with for like an afternoon, like that was new, you know. Uh, and getting the feedback from everyone, uh, it's always tough when someone's like, hey, you did a thing, don't do that right away, you know, it's because you're really excited, your aunt. But I've been trying to take a super long term perspective for all this, like everything will come when it's ready. So, like, Wardens, Wardens will be published. When it's ready and when i to actually know how to do a very good job of that because i'd rather make my mistakes on a four pager that you know like no one's really going to care too much about than a you know like an ongoing ish, uh, ongoing series right mm-hmm. so you know it's always hard to get uh feedback some you know even like now i got feedback from ed dur and she's like you know this dialogue is terrible you know like just make it better i was just like i spent so long in that dialogue i mean you're and you're like she's right it's garbage like <laughs> i i could do so much better than this like i'm thank you for pointing out that like this is not my best work uh and she and we've worked together for a while this editor by the way i should mention is uh, aubrey Lim. uh, sorry, uh aubrey lynn jepson uh she was one of the editors for the tales from the Cloakroom anthology and she's been my editor pretty much for for everything that i've done uh, and she's also the letterer for Awakening as well. So if you like the letters, uh, she's one of those people who's like trying to do everything. She's now taking a, a coloring class, and I was like, okay, that's that's a lot. Like you're learning how to do it all. You're you're going to be like an amazing solo comic creator, or you're going to burn yourself out terribly, or maybe both. <laughs> so uh-huh.
0: Well, I, I mean, I've actually interviewed Aubrey and um, Chris for and Chris, uh, yeah, yeah, for the Tales of, Tales from the Cloakroom. Um, a while back.
1: That's right.
0: And, yeah. Well, speaking of collaborators, in um, in uh, them, I should say. Sorry. Um, how was the process of collaborating with other creators? You know, Aubrey, Carlos, Greg, Fell that did the cover art for you know on on Awakening. You know, some of them you work with on anthologies, but how did it differ working on your own story?
1: I think the biggest uh, the biggest difference was. For my own story, even though Aubrey is the editor, I kind of, like, the buck stops here with me for every, like, last decision. Uh, so if something was a little off for the anthology, uh, she and Chris and the other editors would see it and say, hey, this this needs to be fixed, uh, you know. Uh, and they, they, they did the work of getting all the trade press together, like, of actually creating the physical comic of, you know, putting all the pages out in InDesign and all that stuff uh and for awakening it was me i was like i want to do this i want to know how it's done soup to nuts like just how to make a comic straight up you know mm-hmm. and uh that's you just learn a lot more about the work you know you learn a lot about the the details of you know like oh i have this page i got back from my person oh it's not like according like the the it's not according to like it's not uh, spec properly you know like it's too big or it's too small or it's like slightly that was the thing for awakening i didn't i didn't send uh greg like exactly the right template i sent him something that was like slightly off and so it was a lot of like me fiddling with things afterwards like uh you know just to get things like super perfect uh but yeah i mean if you do everything yourself you learn a ton and i i wouldn't recommend that everyone does everything themselves the whole time but i strongly recommend that anyone who's trying to make comics does at least one thing all themselves because then you learn or at least like very closely working with someone else i don't mean like uh, excuse me all the art yourself if you can't do art or the letters, if you can't do the letters, but the production of creating and putting it all together is super super eye opening and instructive, and you realize like a lot of the decisions are just very technical decisions, and if you make the wrong technical decision early on, it can screw you up completely by the end, so you know make the right one and make sure that everyone on your team is making the right technical decisions as well,
0: uh-huh. So, throughout the whole process of making Awakening, I mean, it doesn't even have to be Awakening. It can be, you know, the stuff you wrote before, the shorts you've done, even working on Wardens right now, or I don't know, maybe you've been working on a bunch of stuff simultaneously, right? Do you or did you ever get overwhelmed? Does it ever become too much? And how do you typically manage your mental well-being when it does?
1: So, in terms of creating stuff because there's no one breathing down my neck with a deadline it's it's a lot easier than if i had a uh, you know if i were like working for for marvel or something and they're like where's the pages at you know like come on like like we needed them yesterday something like that so i can take the time and and spend the creative effort uh you know to, to really get things right being overwhelmed mentally is definitely something uh that that i've been getting with awakening largely just because of the kickstarter campaign because this is the big new thing for me this is the thing that's like you know it's going to make or break the if, if it succeeds so like you know there's something on the line where before it's like does this you know like does this little short uh have the perfect coloring or is it coloring kind of good enough or is it you know they did it slightly and then we're going to have a little bit of a back and forth but maybe i don't get it the way i want and maybe i get it maybe it's even better like you know that stuff is sort of part of the normal process uh at, at least the normal like the process that because i've done it a few times and now i'm more used to it the first few times when you know you ask an artist to change something as a writer you're like oh gosh can i even ask someone to do something like i don't know should i should i give them more money should i give them a raise like i don't i don't know what to do you know but you learn as the process goes on sort of you know what is a reasonable ask and what is an unreasonable ask and they'll let you know if you say something like that's just way out of left field and they'll also let you know if you ask something totally reasonable so understanding socially uh sort of the bound i don't mean socially as in like you know being being nice to everyone because i i make an extreme point of being like super nice paying everybody on time like you don't want to be that guy nobody wants to work with and i don't want to work with anyone who's that guy that nobody wants to work with i mean a huge part of making comics is uh the collaborative nature of it i mean no one just does it you know very few people do it just themselves and so if you're someone like me who can't uh, do art, uh, then, you know, you need to, you need to work with other people. So you just need to be good because otherwise you're going to have a bad time. And you also learn who you want to work with and who you don't in the future. Like I had this one person who was a great artist, like just one of, one of my favorite artists for, that I work with, but he cannot not meet a deadline. And It's like I was considering him for another longer series, but I can't do that because if he can't meet a deadline for a short, then then I don't trust him for, you know, like a 24-pager, right? So Mm -hmm. just understanding, you know, the process and the the collaborative nature is is hugely important.
0: Well, with something like that, when you're working with someone like that, how did you, I guess deal with that like have you ever dealt with someone like that who didn't meet deadlines because it it, it disrupts everything else it disrupts the pretty much the process of everything else because you have to make the adjustments because this person didn't meet the the specific deadline that you set so like say because I've, I've talked to other people where they've had like you know artists who uh drew them something and they didn't like it but they still have to pay them for it right or writer mm-hmm. editor who you know they gave them something again and they didn't like it, but they had to pay them for it. So, you worked with this guy and you were considering working with him again, but you can't because the, their time management is really poor. But you still had to pay them and still be professional and work with them on this specific project that you were working on at that time. So, how did you deal with like working with this particular person, even though you kind of didn't want to anymore?
1: Yeah, the, the thing is, I really wanted to continue working with them as but just give me the art (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know it's like dude you're great like just just do it though like i i know you have you know if there's something that comes up let me know and that's the thing is communication is just the most important thing if someone's like you know i have this family emergency i can't do things for the next five days it's like cool thanks i'm gonna take that mental note five days from now i'm gonna follow up and then ask you you know or, or whatever it is right uh but you know, people start flaking out on you, then it's like, this is just super unprofessional, and that's not something I can deal with. I guess, uh, I mean, a lot of just like polite nudging, uh, you know, you have to know who you're working with. Sometimes people need a, a polite nudge, sometimes they need a slightly less polite nudge, and sometimes they they need you to like, get them off the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all my contracts, uh, since the, the very first contract, so everyone I work with, every, uh, I should say, artist, usually not colorist, because I kind of haven't needed to, but the primary artist. I've had, a, I have everyone have a contract and in that contract is, is it a clause that talks about, uh, I forget the term, uh, an escape clause, a quick clause, uh, you know, one of us wants to pull the plug on this thing, uh, for whatever reason. And, you know, there's a specific, like, here's how that's going to go. You know? So everyone knows that if, if for whatever reason, this isn't working, you know, here, here's how, you know, here's how it works with the money. Here's how it works with the, uh, you know, with the, the responsibilities and whatever, and I won't go into the details with you necessarily. You don't need to know them, but like it's in there, and so like it's something that I've thought of ahead of time, and you just kind of have to have in there. Uh, there's my very first comic uh, uh, that I had, or one of the very first ones. Not the first one done, but the first one that I I, I wrote. I had someone uh, start art on it, and I just I just couldn't. He was giving me some of the character sketches, and they were like not exactly what i wanted but i found maybe i could work through it and then the first page came and i was like oh this page isn't very good like this just the art style is just not uh up to like the the art quality wasn't up to it and the art style wasn't matching and then by the time i got i was like maybe the second page and the second page came and i was like oh no 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 no, no, i can't i this this isn't gonna work at all you just know and so the the advice I would give to new creators is you don't let it get to that second page like If it's not working out right from the beginning, trust your instinct and be like, thank you. Like you've done work. I respect that. Here is the money that we agreed for it. You know, if you haven't paid them already, uh, goodbye. I have to find someone else for this because it's just, you know, be as polite as you can, but if it's your project and you know what the project has to be, if, if the people can't make it that better, you let them know sooner rather than later. And the same thing for me, if someone hired me as a writer. And they were, you know, they wanted me to write something and they wanted me to write in a totally different style or something than the way I write or something that just wasn't, I, I wouldn't be the right, right for it. I'd rather know, you know, shortly into the gig than, you know, <laughs> you know, halfway through the project, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not working out, you, it's it's better to to quit and, and make it work than push something through that just is not going to make anybody happy because this is a passion project and not just not just a passion project. Like I'm trying to like, you know, create comics and sell comics and get into the comic business and do ongoing series. Like it's a labor of love and you can't spend your whole time, uh, you know, dealing like, it's hard, it's hard to commit a lot of love to something that, you know, is just not going to live up to the quality. So if you have any ability to like determine anything regarding the quality, then you should focus on that. And like, you'll have to make some hard calls, but that's just the nature of being in a business with, or, you know, just the, the nature of engaging and just doing this. Like everyone has to make hard calls.
0: Yeah, I think making those hard call, hard calls is probably one of the hardest parts because a lot of us are introverts and we kind of just want to do the work. We don't want to deal with that part of it. But especially working in any comics, you kind of have to because you don't have a whole team of people behind you or that business part. You kind of have to be the artist and the business person and make that hard call with like, hey, we, we can't do this anymore. So. Yeah.
1: And and the introvert thing, it's interesting because I don't typically describe myself as a like a pure introvert, like I'm polite, but my instinct is to quietly work on my creative processes, my creative projects, largely alone, you know, with with a, a few number of uh, a small number of dedicated people, but I'm, I'm not the kind of person who wants to spend all their time on Twitter. I don't like get energy from other people like, you know, just like in social media. And so like I've had to become a social media person or a social media savvy person where I haven't been on social media since I, I don't know, quit Facebook like 15 years ago or something like that. Like I did years ago, I was just like, yeah, I, I can see where this is going. This was like Toronto had a pretty wacky mayor at the time. Uh, Rob Ford, who you might remember for famously uh, being caught on video, smoking crack amongst other things. Uh, and so like at the time everyone was like, Rob Ford's a disaster, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't need to like spend my time on Facebook. If all I'm going to hear is like how terrible things are. And then like, after that, like, many more terrible governments happened, <laughs> so I'm kind of like, oh good, I kind of like ducked out of that one. I don't have to deal with just like negativity, but I can't uh, affect positive change for, you know, like, if it was like, here's something bad, and you can do something right now to help it, and it's the kind of thing that I wouldn't be in a position to do, maybe, but like, I don't know, man, there's a lot of negativity in the world, and, uh, and creatively, I don't want to, I don't get, you know, I have enough, uh, enough, enough darkness. Uh, in my head in the way that I write, I don't need more. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. I can write the happy, I can write the sad. I don't want it just to be overwhelmingly influenced by uh, by purely negative things. So anyway, since I've been on Twitter, I've made a very strong point of generally being super positive. I don't dump on people's work. I don't try to go after anybody. Uh, I'm there just to talk about how much I love comics and support the people's work that I like and prop up the people who I'm I'm friends with uh and i've i've kept it very strictly to that and which you know having kind of a rule going into social media has been has been real useful and and now like with the campaign like i've i've been i've been on there all the time talking about this talking about that i've been sending out you know like updates uh you know i have a email list as well like sending out you know mailchimp stuff so it's like way more active than i expected to be because i'm the publicist you know i'm the i'm the everything it's it's my project no one's selling it but me so yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, my last question for you, Ari, is you already getting a you've already given like a lot of really good advice. But what advice would you offer to other creators you wish someone would have told you when you first started?
1: Uh. So uh, the first piece of advice I think to any writer is like the one that I was given. I would a hundred percent repeat: is start small succeed early like do have small successes and small failures because you don't want to because if, if you recognize uh a problem or a failure coming soon with a small thing even if that affects everything and it the whole thing becomes a failure it's way less problematic than you know your first issue for an ongoing series like not working out right uh, i guess the next piece of advice would be trust your instinct very heavily when dealing with people like if someone seems super nice and saying all the right things but then they're not coming through like you know follow what people do and not what they say you know Mm -hmm. I mean that's like just general advice for life right you know like you should always like you know pay attention to people's actions In, in addition to their words but like even more importantly than their words like people can be as polite as possible but if you know if it's not working out then it's not working out uh I guess the next advice would be write something that you feel passionate about and that you care about not necessarily something that is going to be uh that you think will be popular and other people will care about you can choose something that is popular and even if you're not even if it's not your thing you can make it your thing because whatever you care about as a writer whatever you bring your personal background you know your, your everything about your person once you start writing you're going to bring that to whatever you're dealing with you know i'm not going to write a story about uh i don't know like i'm not gonna like write a like let's say zombies are popular I, I don't know if they're still popular now well last of us is out so maybe they're popular again but yeah, uh, you know
0: the walking dead is still right?
1: is that still walking
0: um, yeah, <laughs> i fell yeah. off
1: that train i think they're doing a daryl
0: spinoff so yeah. oh no yeah. Kidding.
1: yeah so if you're like if you want to write something popular let's say you're like i want to write zombies because zombies is popular like okay well what about that speaks to me you know you're not just going to do sort of survival for the sake of survival and human tensions like that's walking dead's done that that's pretty good uh or you know it's uh, depending good depending on what part of it you ask and who you talk to whatever like you know they've done it there's you know train to busan like i just saw that recently for the first time because i'm terrible at watching movies even though i should have watched them like years ago uh you know great zombie movie deals with you know uh uh, class issues in 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 south korea so like that movie is you know normally about zombies but mostly about you know do you, you know when things go down, do you look out for yourself, do you look out for others, uh, and and all the other sort of, you know, class-based issues that uh, the writers wanted to put in there. So, I mean, you know, z- zombies are almost like an environmental thing, an environmental hazard that you have to worry about. Uh, you know, you could have told a similar, you know, obviously not the same story, but you could have told similar stories of, you know, people tracked in... Excuse me. And, uh, you know, like a plane crash sort of situation or like I haven't seen Yellow Jackets, but something like that, you know, a situation where there's an environmental thing and people have to have to deal and have to survive. Uh, but like whatever stories, whatever your spin on is whatever you think is the most important, write that and, and you're going to be bringing that to whatever you write. Uh, I mean, I write a lot about uh, the, the stuff I know. I write a lot about, you know, my identity, my family. Uh, you know, I'm Jewish. My wife is Chinese, Chinese Canadian. And so, you know, that stuff comes through. Uh, in Wardens, which I, I've had an amazing time writing, uh, you know, I focus it on, well, on the characters in the ward who are, you know, Jewish, Chinese, Black, Italian, Irish, immigrants. And so you sort of deal with issues of, you know, like sort of multiculturalism, racism, sexism, class issues, labor issues, like all this stuff I, I, I think is interesting I want to dig into. But, you know, it's 100 years ago, so there's a bit of distance between us uh, and what's happening and the way that, you know, people use sci-fi or fantasy to talk about. You know, uh, typically pressing issues, but put a bit of distance between. Uh, you know, make it accessible uh, to some people who might not want to just jump in and be like, deal with with the issues just sort of head on. They throw some supernatural stuff in there because it's fun, you know, and and you get to play with the ideas, uh, and play with the characters in different ways. But it's all it's all based around who you are and the kind of stories you want to say. So trust that instinct because you're only gonna write, you're only gonna have a good time writing if you want to write the stuff you want to write if you just think something's popular, like vampires are in, let's write vampires. It's like, what do you have to say about vampires? I don't know. Like maybe there's a, there's vampire love triangle. It's like, okay, well that's not enough for a story. You have to have something you really want to say to make people care about it because there's a bajillion stories about vampires and there's a bajillion stories about love triangles and like what makes yours interesting, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So is there anything else that you wanted to share about um awakening that we may have missed as a whole um maybe discuss rewards for potential backers for the kickstarter
1: yeah i think that'd be a great thing to mention <clears throat> so uh for awakening i've got i forget how many tiers five or six one of the hardest parts was uh, deciding what to make the tiers for uh, for kickstarter and and not to go overboard
0: mm-hmm. so
1: uh you know it's my first campaign i was like we were like you're doing variant covers i was like no we're doing one cover i'll do other stuff like we variants will come for other things I'm, I'm just trying to like get a thing and put it out there you know uh so we have digital version we have a physical version plus digital of course <clears throat> uh, the next little thing up is uh uh a sign plus uh backer recognition and then uh you get a postcard so this is cool little postcard this this beach day scene which uh if people go to the uh uh, the website you'll you'll see it's the whole cast hanging out on the beach and and the back of the postcard is from uh you know from one of the the characters to someone else and you'll find it when once you get it uh so i did that and then uh moving up a here i got some stickers uh which i designed myself uh and you've got some uh the next tier up is original sketch so uh greg our artist will include uh, a, he will do a sketch of you and one of the characters of either awakening or or chosen, uh, which is included, like I said, as a backup in, in this in this uh in this issue. Uh and so he has for me, he he did he did one for me as me, my arms draped around the leg of the uh, security officer uh Gold Talk, this this tough uh horn sort of Klingon style uh security officer. And I'm just like in in complete love with her, uh, both as a character and apparently in the sketch. So there's sketches for that. And then the final tiers were selling uh His original art. So we're selling pages that he did the art of. So if you want original comic page art hanging on your wall, uh in a a Star Trek-ish sort of thing, uh, then this that that's your tier.
0: Yeah, I'm I was looking, I'm looking at it right now and I see the one that you're referring to, and I'm like, what where is his hand supposed to be (laughs) on here? (laughs) That's a (laughs) good question. It doesn't look like it's wrapped around.
1: I know it's it's not like quite at the ankles. It's uh, <laughs> I, I didn't notice that the first time. I got pointed out to me. I was like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> Perhaps if you wish to have your hand in a specific place, you could certainly specify it, and I'm sure he would be more than accommodating. To uh... <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. All right. Well, again, I want to thank the writer and creator of the comic Awakening, Ari Gross, uh, here. Uh, for joining us here today to promote the comics kickstarter currently running into february 26th right it's when it ends i believe
1: that's right february 25th plus 50 minutes or something like that you know so february 25th is the last day
0: okay um all of ari's socials and website will be listed in this episode's details alongside awakenings kickstarter for those who are interested in the comic and all of the um rewards you know and all the tiers that he uh just listed a few seconds ago Um, Again, I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Norbert Podcast. Thank you.